This is the Word of God from the household of David Church. It is a message designed to raise men after God's own heart. Listen and be blessed. Oh, Father, we bless your name. We thank God for another day, another wonderful opportunity again to share God's word together. I welcome you from wherever you are watching us from, your family, uh, uh, with the rest of the family. I bless God for your life. This is going to be a wonderful time in God's presence. Lift up hands and just give him praise wherever you are for this wonderful Sunday morning. Jesus, we honor you. We adore your name. We bless your name. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for the spirit of revelation. Father, Father, I ask in the name of Jesus Christ that you open our understanding to your word, that you speak to everyone in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Let there be healings. Let there be miracles. Let there be signs and wonders. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. This morning, it's a, a very wonderful Sunday morning and we are beginning to talk about something very crucial. We are talking about the truth about the end time. The truth about the end time. It's important to know the truth about the end time. And <laughs> because let's start from Matthew 24. I'm going to read something from there. Matthew 24. The disciples asked Jesus a very important question. And uh, this is going to be a very uh, deep session this morning. The Bible says, you know, verse 2, Matthew 24, 2. Jesus said unto them, See ye not all these things? Verily I say unto you, there shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. Verse 3 is where I'm really going. As he sat upon the Mount Oli, the disciples came to him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be? And what shall be the sign of thy coming? And the end of the world. Everything that has a beginning must have an end. Jesus is coming back. The world is coming to an end. We don't know when. But the disciples asked Jesus a question. When shall this be? When will the world come to an end? It's important to be interested in your future. It's important to be interested in knowing how the story ends. It's, interest, it's important to be interested in how far... The journey is the destination. When you don't know the destination, you can't tell how close or how far you are on your journey. So it's important to know. And I will be saying some very deep things this morning. This, is a, this message is a wake-up call to believers across the world to understand that the signs of the last days. Glory to God. So they asked Jesus, what shall be? And then Jesus answered in verse 3 and he said, or verse 4, Jesus answered and said to them, take heed that no man deceive you. The first thing the master said about the last day, he said, don't be deceived. Because some will think it will never come to an end. And then some will think, uh, people will come up with all kinds of fabrications that are not in God's word about the last days. That's why it's important that we talk about the last days right now. Hallelujah. The first thing I'll be saying before we move deep into the subject is the fact that I know this will shock many people are watching me, 
We are not going to live in heaven forever. Heaven is not our final destination. We are coming back to reign on earth. Revelation chapter 5 verse 10. The Bible says you are made of priests and kings. And we shall reign here on earth. Revelation chapter 21. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the former heaven and the former earth, they are gone away. So I'm saying that the conclusion of the whole matter is that this earth that we live in will be destroyed. And then there will be a new earth and a new heaven. So God's master plan for man. God never created. God never intended that man should live in heaven. <laughs> when we get to the midst of it, we are going to understand. We will be in heaven for a period of time. Till the earth is purged and rehabilitated. Then we come back to this world to reign with the masters. Jesus is going to reign on earth. So that is the final point where we are going to. And then you know what? Peter said, I will talk more about this at the end when I begin to admonish the people. Peter said that the word is reserved to be burnt by fire. Second Peter chapter 3 verse 7. In other words, it's good for believers to understand that as we believe God for healing, as we believe God for prosperity, as we walk by faith, as we deal with the issues of life, just also understand that this system of the world will be burnt up eventually. This is why our hope cannot be in this world alone. We must think about something bigger than this world. Apostle Paul said like this in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, if only in this world we have hope, we have of all men most miserable. But you know what? The sad reality is that there are many Christians, we only have hope in this world. Messages about the second coming is not very common. Messages around our eternal abode, when we come back to reign on earth. Messages about the rapture, about the fact that one day will be one day. It will come to an end. We don't talk about this much. We are so consumed. We are so engrossed. We, we are so concerned about the immediate and the immediate will not last. That's what we are talking about this today. But I want to start with an interesting guy this morning. I want to talk about the Antichrist. Who is the Antichrist? So we are talking about, uh, this will go for a while. Because we are talking about the truth about the end time for a while. And I want to start with, under that topic, the Antichrist revealed. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Now I'm saying that it's important that we pay attention because you need to know our final destination. How is it going to be? You and I are part of this world system. We are here on earth, but then the earth has a destination, has a period. And at the end of this, something is going to happen that when you are aware, it reshapes how you live your daily life on earth. Glory to God. It controls, it corrects how you live because you see bigger than what you see on a daily basis. So, the Bible says, Jesus told them, so they asked him, what shall be the end? And Jesus listed many things, which we are going to look at as we study. Maybe not today, but I want to dwell on one of the signs today, or an aspect of end time today. Oh, glory to God. Who is the Antichrist? One of the reasons why people have missed this in the past is the fact that people have tried to pin this title on anyone and everyone who have stood out in the past. 
especially for something negative. The Lord didn't tell us to guess, to circumvent. He, he didn't ask us to suspect. He didn't ask us to do a guesswork. So, I, I, I'm sharing this also because over the years, people have, people have attributed this title to different people and people have erroneously and wrongly uh, interpreted the Bible and put it on people, put it on institutions. Consequently, when it did not happen that way, it has made a lot of believers to withdraw, which is another mistake. So one of the reasons why many Christians are not interested in talks about the last days, which will involve them, is the fact that people have talked about it erroneously several in the past by trying to uh, cross a tear that God did not cross and dot an eye that God did not dot. When we stay with the Bible, we are saved. Then so, some have taught it wrongly. It has made some to move away from it. But real people must look into God's word to understand what God says about the last days. When we talk about the last days, there are usually about five scriptures that we look at. You can't look at it without talking about the book of Daniel. Daniel chapter 7, chapter 8, chapter 9, 11, and Daniel 12. And then Revelation, of course, the old book of Revelation. And then First Thessalonians. Now, I want to start this way. Let's turn our Bibles to First Thessalonians or Second Thessalonians chapter. We we'll go we'll go to First later. later. Second Thessalonians chapter two. Hallelujah. And then we are going to start from verse one. The Bible says, "Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ." And by our gathering together unto him. Two things. The coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, our gathering unto him. The coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, our gathering unto him. Mm. That you be not soon shaken in mind or troubled, neither by spirit, nor by word, nor by letter, as from us. Let no man deceive you. Jesus started by saying, let no man deceive you. When they asked him questions about the end time, Paul is talking about the last days also, and he's saying that, let no man deceive you. He's starting that way also. Hallelujah. He said that, let no man deceive you by any means, for the day of the Lord shall not come, except there come falling away first. First of all, he said there will be falling away. Oh, do you see how people attack churches? Do you see how people lose faith every day? One of the things you can depend on is the word of God and how eternally true God's word is. Jesus said to the disciples, there will not be one stone that will be left on top of another. And in AD 70, General Titus invaded Jerusalem and he destroyed the temple and there was no stone, one left on top of another. Jesus will never give a prediction that will never come to pass. Now the word of God said they will be falling away. Now there are people in churches, they are already falling away even though they still attend church. There will be a great falling away. Now that's what the Bible says. It said that's the first thing. And that the man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. The first thing I'm interested in is to go by different names that the Antichrist is called. Son of perdition. First name. Because you will understand why these names are given to this man and several of them in the Bible, I want to look at some. So the first thing I want to do about the Antichrist, before we go to, who is this fellow? Where is the fellow from? Which is what we are talking about today. We must be taught. We must be taught. 
If we don't, we will not see things. So the Bible says, number one, he is called son of perdition. Okay. Praise the Lord. Let's move on. The Bible says he must be revealed first. Who opposed and exalted himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped. So that he as God seated in the temple of God showing himself that he is God. Remember I've told you all these things. Verse 6. Now, you know that what we told them that he might be revealed in this time. For the mystery of iniquity now. Please, this is Bible study this morning. It's not every time you hear free flow uh, and a free uh, freestyle preaching and then fast preaching. Pay attention this morning. Now, scholars have argued about some of these things, which we we'll look at another uh, Bible study about the fact that tribulation will tribulation meet the church here, or will the church have been raptured before tribulation? There are three schools, and then that's the next thing we are going to, but not today. We have post-tribulation theory. Those who believe that the church will be here, rapture will happen after the great tribulation. There is mid-tribulation theory. Those who believe that tribulation will have two parts, three and a half years, three and a half years. We are going to look at all this and the church will be raptured after the first three and a half years when the Antichrist comes as a man of peace. Before he unleashes terror on the whole world, the church will have been taken away. Now, there is... Uh, that's proposed, uh, that's mid-tribulation and then the last one I said was actually post-tribulation then we have the pre-tribulation so we have pre, mid and post pre they believe and the people believe that the church will be raptured from the face of the earth before the tribulation starts who is right and who is wrong we are not going that, that today we'll go, that, go into that on Wednesday but what we are saying today at least everybody agrees together that the antichrist will show his face now verse 6 is where the argument is some believe that it cannot come until the church is taken why some believe that it will manifest the church will be here to witness the demonstration of his ungodliness we will look at that later. But we are focusing not on the time that we arrive today. We are focusing on the man himself today. Glory to God. Now, let, let's go on. <laughs> so, he's called son of perdition. He's called the man of sin. In the book of Revelation chapter 13, he is called the beast. And then in the book of Daniel, Daniel chapter 7 verse 8, he's called the little one. In Daniel chapter 8, verse 9, it's called by another name again, the little on. And then later, it's called the on, Daniel 7, 21. He said, I beheld the on, making war with the saints and overcoming them. Who is this guy? He's called the king of fierce countenance. And we are going to read a bit of him right now. Daniel chapter 7. Let's start. Remember, where we just read now, the Bible said that the mystery of iniquity is already at work. Who lettered it will do so until he is taken out of the way. Oh, dear Lord Jesus. He's called the man of sin. Before we go down, let's dwell a little more on what the Bible says about him. Number one, verse four. He opposed and exalted himself above all that is called God. The Antichrist, we have no religion. He will pioneer a particular religion, but he is the object of worship. He's going to demand worship from people on the face of the earth. The Bible says that he exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worship, so that he as God sits in the temple. Which temple is the Bible talking about? We'll get into that later. 
Amen. Now verse 8. Then shall the wicked be revealed, whom the Lord will consume with the spirit of his mouth. Again, it's called the wicked. And Bible said the Lord will consume him with the spirit of his mouth and with the brightness of his coming. And now verse 9. Even him who's coming. Now some have said that it's just a figure. It's not a real person. But look at verse 9. The Bible says that even him, him, a person, even him, who's coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders. He's going to be empowered by Satan. He's going to have signs and wonders and lying. But the Bible says they are lying wonders. Now, let's read Daniel 7. Okay, no, let's start from Revelation 13. Then we go to Daniel 7. It's interesting. Uh, Revelation 13. And I stood upon the sand of a sea, and I saw a beast rise out of the sea, having seven eggs. So here is referred to as a beast. Remember, son of perdition, man of sin, man of iniquity. And the Bible says the beasts. The Bible says, now, I, I will go back to when it's called little on and we dwell a little more on that because that tells a bit of its origin. And I stood upon the sand of a sea and I saw a beast rise out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his horns ten crowns, and upon the crowns, name, upon the head, the name of blasphemy. This guy will say things. Okay. Hallelujah. And the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard. And his feet were as the feet of a bear. And his mouth as the mouth of a lion. And the dragon gave his power and his seat and great authority. Gave him his power, his seat and a great authority. Now the dragon in the Bible is Satan. The Bible is saying that when this guy shows up, Satan gives him his authority. That's his seat. It gives him the power and it gives him his influence. Next verse. I saw one of his heirs as it were wounded to death and his deadly end was healed and all the world wandered after the beast and they worshipped the dragon which gave power unto the beast and worshipped the beast saying who is like unto the beast who is able to make war with him and there was given unto him a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies and power was given unto him to continue for 40 and 2 months hallelujah Oh, glory to God. 12 months make a year. 42 months. We are, that's three and a half. We are going on to, we, we will explain that in a while. Now, the Bible is talking about the same guy here. Now, Daniel chapter 7. This is where we get real into it. Now, one of the mistakes that people have made in the past is not to separate the spirit of Antichrist from the person of the Antichrist. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 3, John spoke about the spirit of Antichrist he said you have, he started from John 2, 1 John 2, 22. He said you have heard about the Antichrist who is in the world. He said, as at that time, he said he was already in the world. He wasn't talking about the Antichrist being in the world as a single individual. But the operations of the spirit of Antichrist was at work in many people, even in the Old Testament. Now, I'm going to give you some example. You've heard about Adolf Hitler. You've heard about Emperor Nero. Now, this is the point about all of them. Every one of them wanted to destroy the Jewish people and the Antichrist will be the one that will actually cross the T. The spirit of Antichrist highlighted, descended, rested 
upon Adolf Hitler, rested upon Emperor Nero. There was actually another emperor that was more wicked than Nero. I will check out for his name later. Who did more things to the Jews and to the Christians more than Nero? But you see, both Nero, the other emperor, and then Constantine, who mingled up a lot of things about Christianity, he was actually practicing his own Christianity with idolatry. And then both Nero both and uh, Adolf Hitler and everyone who has assaulted the Jews in the past or has uh, uh, thrown their weight behind the massacre of Christians in the past, none of them has been given. They none of them had the fullness of the anointing of Satan. Satan never gave his full authority, his seat, and his power to any one of them. He influenced them with the spirit of hatred to create genocide against the Jews and against the church, but none of them had the fullness of the anointing of Satan. Only the Antichrist, this beast, this man of sin, this son of perdition will be the first person that the anointing will rest upon without measure. His name, Antichrist, means he opposes, he imitates everything about Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit anointed Jesus without measure. See, if you understand how it has been on the path of Christ, it will give you a little understanding about the path of the Antichrist. In the Old Testament, prophets had the Spirit of God, but nobody had it in full measure. But when Jesus came, John said in John chapter 1, he said, for he that speaketh the words of God, I said, God giveth him spirit without measure. So Jesus Christ received the spirit without measure. That means the fullness of the spirit came upon him, so he was able to do what he did on earth. When the Antichrist shall come also, all those drops of the spirit given to others by the devil, the devil will give him the fullness of his own wickedness and his anointing. We read Revelation chapter 13. The Bible says that he seemed to have a deadly wound and he survived the wound. What's he trying to do here? Trying to mimic resurrection. Now, scholars have speculated about this. We don't know for sure. But many people seem to suggest that the Antichrist will either be, uh, there will be an attempt of assassination on him. He will almost be assassinated, assassinated. He will actually almost die, maybe in a state of coma for some days and come back to life. And then he will portray himself as another person who's been to the grave and who is alive. Antichrist. Jesus Christ started his ministry when he was 30. He finished when he was 33 and a half. Three and a half, 33 and a half years. Jesus spent three and a half years on earth for his ministry. The first 30 years of his life, they were silent years. Then when he was 30, he, he got baptized by John and he operated for three and a half years. The Antichrist's reign will be divided into three and a half years of peace and three and a half years of terror, like Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, you have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You have the Antichrist, you have the first prophet, and you have the dragon. The beast, the first prophet, and the dragon, their own trinity. Everything about the master. I will not be surprised. Now, the Bible didn't say this, but I will not be surprised if, like Alexander the Great, like Jesus Christ, all of them died at 833. If this man of sin will be about the same age, because it must, it must try to imitate everything that Christ has done. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ is coming to receive the kingdom. We'll get there anyway. It shall be worshipped by all tribes and languages. Antichrist also will be worshipped by every tribe and every language. Every culture. It will subdue everyone. Here is God calling unto saints to see. I'm about to read Daniel 7. I'm going to begin to bring the message to a close today. We have enough time to look at this. I want to give it bit by bit for people to understand. 
I've given you some of the names it's called in the Bible. Daniel 7, 8, Daniel 8, 9, Little Horn, Revelation 13, the beasts. First Thessalonians chapter 2, start from verse 6, man of sin, son of perdition, the lawless one. Those are the names he's given. And then I've told you, he tried to, call, to imitate Christ in everything. Now let's read something about this guy that we end with. Who is the Antichrist? Because of the concept of the spirit of Antichrist. So the spirit used some people in the past and people said this is the Antichrist. Now, I want to say this, we'll look at this more later. If you are hearing me, how to easily identify this guy? We'll go to him later, but how to do elimination. Anybody who uh, is, he must be a world leader. Anybody that's not a world leader, one. Anyone who has not solved the Middle East crisis by bringing Israel and the Palestinians into a peace treaty agreement where they signed a treaty to live peace, peacefully together. Anybody who does not give, who has not given a command that the temple in Jerusalem should be built cannot be the Antichrist. No matter the evil they do. Now, when they say to that's the Antichrist, eat biscuits and chocolate, that, that cannot be the Antichrist. Because that's part of his main mission. And we're going to get anywhere. So you cannot call anybody the Antichrist. So all these speculations and names. Now, I will also say about this teaching. God allows some things to be written symbolically in the Bible. Because here a little, there a little. Remember, we know in parts and we prophesy in parts. So nobody knows everything. Because they are sealed up. Revealed in parts. Hallelujah. So when people start speculating, when there is a man of charisma and there is a rich man and there is this one and people say that this is the Antichrist, once they have not fulfilled this condition, let's read Daniel chapter 7. Hallelujah. At least you can rule out many people that this can be. Daniel chapter 7. Now, this is very interesting. And I'm going to end on this one. I hope I finish this one before. Um, Daniel 7. Are you? Turn your Bible to Daniel 7. Let's read. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. Daniel chapter 7. In the first year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon, Daniel had a dream and visions of his head upon his bed. Then he wrote the dream and told the sum of the matters. Daniel spoke and said, I saw in my vision by night, behold, the four winds of heaven strove upon the great sea, and four great beasts came out from the sea. Divers one from another. The first beast was like a lion, and had the goose wing, and I beheld till the wings thereof were plucked, and it was lifted up from the earth, and made to stand upon the feet as a man, and a man's heart was given to it. Behold, another beast second like a bear, and he raised itself upon the earth. And then he said that I saw, uh, and it had be ribs in his mouth between his teeth, and it was said to him, Arise, devour much flesh. And after this, I beheld low another like leopard, mm. and upon his back four wings, like a fowl. And the beast also had four four heads, and that domin and dominion was given to it. And after this, I saw in the night visions, and behold, a fourth beast, dreadful, terrible, strong, exceedingly strong, exceedingly, and it had great iron teeth, and it devoured and break in pieces and stamped the red residue with the feet. I consider 
until the ons and behold, I consider the ons and behold, there came up among them another little on, before whom there were three of the first ons plucked by the roots. And behold, these ons were eyes like the eyes of a man, and mouth speaking great things. And I beheld till thrones were cast down, and the ancient of days sat down. He described ancient of days there, whose garment was white as snow, and the ear of his head pure wool. It will be a long reading, permit me. Verse 11, I beheld then because of the voice of the great words that the on was speaking. The on was saying so much that it was getting to heaven. Now, what are these four beasts that Daniel saw? This is where we begin to touch on where would this thing come from? Daniel saw four beasts. He saw one like a lion. He saw one, said like a bear, like a, then like a leopard. And then he saw the fourth beast. He didn't give a description. They said to say that it was terrible. This represents the four kingdoms that have been. As at the time Daniel was the king, he was under the Babylonian Empire. That was a lion. Babylonian Empire was conquered by Medo-Persian Empire. That was the ram. Medo-Persian Empire, that, that's, the, 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 that, that's the leopard. Or the bear, the leopard. And just moving on. But I'm going to go to chapter 8 to explain in more details what he talked about, especially between Medo-Persian and Greek. Anyway, the third kingdom, all these kingdoms ruled the arts. So the emperor or the king that was in charge of this kingdom, they were the kings who ruled the arts and had the old world under them. They were a prototype. They were trying to mirror what the Antichrist would do. Each one of these kings, nobody had power to resist them and stop them from conquering the world. So it was Nebuchadnezzar that was the first king. That was also the image that Daniel saw, that the head was gold, the chest was silver, then bronze, then he saw iron, the, the feet. And he said that a stone without hand was caught. That's Daniel chapter 2. The same four kingdoms. Now, so we have the kingdom one, Babylonian kingdom. Kingdom two, Medo-Persian kingdom. Kingdom three, under Alexander the Great, Gracian Empire. And then the fourth beast that Daniel saw that was dreadful was Roman Empire. And God was saying that these four kingdoms will rule the earth. When emperor of Rome was in charge, all the emperors ruled the whole world. As a matter of fact, you could not beat a Roman citizen. By being a Roman citizen, nobody could touch you all over the world. When Paul said he was a Roman citizen, they started apologizing for beating him. Every one of these guys ruled the world. Now, they are setting the stage for the Antichrist because he's also going to subdue kingdoms and we are going to see this, but maybe in the next meeting. Let's move on. Hallelujah. Daniel saw this. He was troubled by what he saw. Verse 15. I, Daniel, was grieved in my spirit, in the midst of my body, and the visions of my head troubled me. I came near to one of them that stood and asked him the truth. So he told me and made me know the interpretation of all things. This great beast, which are four, four kings, which shall arise out of the earth, but the saints of the Messiah shall possess the kingdom. Now look at verse 21. I beheld the same on, made war with the saints, and prevailed against them, until the ancient of this came. Judgment was given to the saints of the Most High, and the time came that the saint possessed the kingdom. Now chapter 8, and I went with this. Now, this interpretation is clearer. Look at this. In the third year of the reign of Belshazzar, 
A vision appeared to me, even Daniel, after that which appeared to me the first time. Now, the vision continued. I saw in the vision, it came to pass. I saw a Shushan in the palace, which is province of Elam. And I saw a vision. I was by the river Ulai. Then I lifted up my eyes. I saw, behold, there stood before the river a ram. Interestingly, the symbol of Medopatia kingdom is a ram. Which are two horns? They were high, but one was higher than the other. The higher one came last. I will explain that in a while, and I will close with that. I saw the ram pushing northward, westward, northward, southward. No beast might stand before him. Verse 5. And as I was considering, behold, an e-goat, the symbol of Alexander the Great, Greek was e-goats. The e-goats came from the west. On the face of the old touch not the ground. And the e-goat had a notable horn between his eyes. And he came to the ram with two horns. Standing by the river, ran into it with fury of his power. And I saw him come close to the ram, and he was moved with color against him, and smote the ram, and break his two, broke, broke, break his two arms, and there was no power in the ram to stand before him. But cast him to the ground, and stampled upon him. And there was none that could deliver the ram out of his hand. Therefore the ego was great, and when he was strong, the great horn was broken, Note that, and it became four notable horns towards the winds of heaven. And out of one of them, this is the secret to let you know where the Antichrist will come from. I'm not going to say it yet, but I just wanted to understand what the Bible is saying. Let's look at this. The Bible said that there was a ram with two horns. It said the one horn was higher than the other, and the higher horn came up last on the same ram. That's Medo-Persian Empire. The two realms represent Med- Media and Persia. They form a kingdom together. So in Daniel chapter 6, Darius was from Mede. But if you read towards the end of Daniel chapter 6, the Bible says, and Daniel continued. So it was Darius that uh, was there when Daniel was cast in the den of lion. He loved Daniel. So Darius was from Mede. Like when you had East Germany, West Germany or whatever, like Two nations together, but they were together. So Darius was, was from Mede, and he was a king when Daniel was trained to the den of lion. But towards the end of chapter 6, the Bible says Daniel continued to the reign of Cyrus. So Cyrus became king after Darius. So Cyrus was from Persia. Darius was from Mede. So Cyrus came up last as the bigger one. His kingdom was actually bigger than the kingdom of Darius. So Cyrus was a king. When Alexander the Great, the eagles ran towards them, Alexander the Great supernaturally, with soldiers, less than one-tenth of the, of the, of the Persian soldiers, defeated Cyrus. It was the eagles. He trampled it on, on ground and nobody could rescue. Now, the Bible is telling you need to read about Alexander the Great. Now, the Bible said that the eagles had one straight on, very powerful on. He used that on to destroy. That on was Alexander the Great. Sitting upon his kingdom of Gracian Empire. He defeated the ram. And then the Bible said the horn was broken. Alexander the Great died. When he died, the Bible said the horn was replaced by four different horns. When Alexander the Great was on his bed about dying, four of his generals surrounded him. He shared the kingdom among the four of them. And the Bible says out of the four horns, a little horn that will eventually speak great words to heaven. That means 
So begin to know where the Antichrist will come from. Find out the names of the four kingdoms that came from Alexander the Great by his generals. In order not to fight, the generals went into four different directions. Each one of them controlling a quarter of the strength of Alexander the Great. A quarter of the land that he conquered. So the Bible says, out of these four generals, which are four horns, one of them will give back to a horn, and that horn will do damage. And that's where you have the man of sin. Where are these four nations? Where are these four continents or four nations? Who are these people? Is Africa involved? Hallelujah. I want to stop here. Let's say this as we close. I have just, I, I have just started to introduce to you the man of sin. Now, details are not exactly important. I won't say they are not exactly important. It's good to know what the world is going to deal with. This is deep. I am saying, I went into history just to let you know. This fight started a long time ago. An attempt to subdue the Messiah and his people. And we have two sets of people. The saints, the church, and Israel. They are going to be hated. They've all been, the two of them have been hated by all the people who have carried the measure of this Antichrist spirit. There is going to come finally one person. So when Babylon, when Nebuchadnezzar was the king, he conquered Israel. He took people captives. He took them as captives. Then Daniel emerged from that school, from that stream. Alexander the Great dominated the whole world. When the Romans were in power, General Titus destroyed the temple in AD 70 in Jerusalem. He killed many Jews. Then Titus, Nero, all of them killed many of the disciples of our Lord Jesus Christ. They killed both the church and the Jewish people. The two people hated. In the book of Revelation, chapter 12, when the woman was given a wing, the dragon spilled water after the woman and the woman escaped. The Bible said the dragon turned back to go and make war with the rest of her offspring or her brethren. The woman has been described as Israel. So the church and Israel will be heavily persecuted. They've always been and it will always continue. Now, to what degree when the man of sin finally shows up? But you see, the stage is being set for him. You cannot actually rule effectively the whole world without gadgets, advanced technology. Now, things are being in place. God has everything in his calendar, in his diary. Nothing is going to change it. Although the church can play a role in hastening the day or in slowing down the day, when you have a vibrant church, which is going to be the final part of this message, what should the church do? When we have a very vibrant church, we are the lights of the world. Darkness will leave our world. These things will cascade upon humanity at the weakest point of the church. That is why there must be great falling away first before the man of sin can reveal himself. 
So it will be something that happened, like inversely proportional. The more there is falling away in the church, the stronger these other guys rising. Oh, glory to God. One of the things that we shock a lot, maybe we get a second level, is the fact that you, you have never seen in the world a leader as eloquent as Antichrist when he comes. If your Christianity is built on welfare, you love those who speak very well, but who bring out laws against the kingdom of God. Brother, sister, you will likely fall in love with the Antichrist. I am giving this message as a one. It's not what we preach every Sunday. But there must come a time that people must know. Whether you like it or not, there is a war going on. You are part of the war. The altar against your kingdom. Satan wants his word for himself. He wants to direct the world the way he wants it to be. Chaos. Men living directly opposite of God's plan. He will do everything possible to raise leaders who will drive the world that way. Because judgment can only come when the iniquity of man is full. The end of Revelation chapter 13 says, Here is a mind with wisdom, let him read. His number is a man's number, it is 66. Will 66 be stamped on people's hand like 66 like that? Remember, the Bible talks in symbols. But understand the fact that man was created on the sixth day. That is six. From Adam to now, the world is about 6,000 years old. That is another six. What is the third six? I leave it for now. I'm not saying that is a literal meaning. I'm just saying that I call your attention to some things. It says the number of man. A man was created on the sixth day. What is happening? Many people are sleeping. And Satan is working full time. Guess what? It's even using Christians. Listen to me, everybody watching me. Church can offend you, but don't leave Christ alone. And don't stop. If you, you can go to another place. Joining people to attack, to speak. To what end? You are joining to accelerate the lawless one coming. And it's coming. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Before the second coming of Christ. The second coming is different from rapture. We get to all these things. I have, I just, I have just laid the foundation this morning of things we'll talk about. I'm looking at saints. I believe some are watching me right now. You are neither cold nor hot. Jesus said, I will spill you out of my mouth. You celebrate people who hate the values of the kingdom passionately and bring out laws against the kingdom. They are your heroes because they speak well. They are eloquent. They are charismatic. Antichrist will supersede all of them in charisma. The Bible says with flattery, he shall deceive many. None of the speakers of sin in the past will match him. Most likely will be a very handsome person. The first three and a half years, this guy will be so sweet. Very charismatic. Brethren, don't be surprised. Some of God's people might follow him. If the church is there, it's here by then. We are going to look at pre-tribulation, post-tribulation and mid-tribulation rapture theory. Men and brethren, 
Jesus said the love of many will was cold. Is it happening to you? And he gave the reason why the love was cold. He said iniquity will abound. If those of us who love, who still worship, who still serve in church, should consider what pastors and people have done to us, none of us will be in faith again. Don't you know that you must be offended to take offense? Jesus said the reason why the love of many was so iniquity will abound. Even in the church, you'll be offended so that you can get out there and join. Are you hearing me this morning? I love Dr. Levasi's song. The king is coming. How prepared are you? Should the trumpet sound if it is pre-tribulation? If it is post-tribulation, should the man of sin come? Should this solve the world's problem? Everybody's on welfare. Prosperity galore. If you are giving to prosperity message, if that is all you understand about Christianity, Jesus who will solve your problem, Jesus who will feed you, if that is all you understand, this man will do it more than any pastor has taught you. And you might fall down and join in worshiping him. I don't belong to any political class or anything. I don't believe in church lining up before, behind one man and calling him the Messiah or whatever. I don't believe in it. Because when you endorse somebody, you are responsible for all his errors and mistakes. But I'm concerned about how many Christians cannot discern. How you will stand for a man who is going to write. A man who stands against everything your kingdom represents. And you are not bothered. Because of his charisma. The king is coming. The king is coming. That is the message this morning. Who is the Antichrist? I have still not answered the question. I've told you about different names he's called by. I've told you about some of his characteristics, how he will try to mimic Christ. I've talked about a bit about his origin. Who is the man of sin? We shall continue from here on Wednesday by the grace of God. Lift up your hands and just bless the name of the Lord. You see, you are watching me. It is not every time we talk about God will bless you. We have to also warn you. Paul said that this is, he talked about the message. He said, teaching every man, warning every man. Warning is part of the gospel. So that we will not be met naked. Many are not ready for Christ. Oh, dear Lord Jesus, we'll bless your name. Can you just lift up your hands and just say, Father, thank you for waking me up. I stand for the gospel. I stand for the values of the kingdom. Secretly and openly, I stand for Jesus. I stand for the word of God. Blessed be your name. We are the light of the world. We give you praise. We worship you. I bless you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. That his grace is upon you. It's wisdom will continue to multiply your life. Hallelujah to your name, Lord. In Jesus' name. God bless you. Thank you for being a part of our broadcast. 
You know, we never like to end without giving you an opportunity to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Coming into Christ is beyond joining a church, is beyond a religion. It is joining God's family. And that is done when you believe in Christ Jesus. So I just want to lead you right away now. If you are, if you want to give your heart to Christ, just say after me, say, Lord Jesus, I believe that you died and rose again and that you paid for my sins. I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. And from today, I belong to you. If you have said those words, will be late. You are born again. You are part of God's family right now. You can go ahead and rejoice about it. God bless you.